Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to This Week in Hospitality Marketing, the podcast show number 309 with your host, Lauren Gray. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Hospitality Marketing, the podcast. I am your host, Lauren Gray, and this is episode number 309. So each week, we spend around 20 to 30 minutes sharing the most interesting tools, news, and techniques being used in marketing for the hospitality industry. We also do a quick recap of our weekly live video show, This Week in Hospitality Marketing, which also airs every Friday, 11.30 a.m. Eastern U.S. time, along with our clubhouse shows that run Monday through Thursday, 8 a.m., to 9 a.m. and also 12 noon to 1 p.m. And uh, they also run on Friday mornings, by the way. Yeah, but anyway, for that, let's get started. And now, today's new resource tool. So our tools for review this week, one is a familiar one for different reasons, and the other one's a new one for all new reasons, actually. Uh, Let's go tackle the new one first, and that one is qrsync.me. qrsync.me. This platform creates QR codes for restaurants. It was founded to do more than what is being done by most platforms, which is, oh, I'm going to take my menu page of my website and take the link and make a QR code and put that on my tables and let people scan it so they can see the menu just from the website. First off, it's fraught with issues because some restaurants, most restaurants, unfortunately, their menu is in a PDF format, a scan of their old paper menu uh, and that's been made into a PDF and then put into uh, a page. So there's a lot of pinching and squeezing and expanding and contracting going on to try to read this thing. Uh, It also doesn't necessarily help in the engagement with the guests since they're trying to see and they can't see it all at once and it just makes it more of a challenge because gosh knows some restaurants have a very robust menu and uh, it takes a little bit of comparisons, flipping back between the pages and or between items and or what have you and being on your phone already makes it more of a challenge having to not see it in full scale or mobile friendly and then having to squeeze into it, see it anyway, makes a challenge to it. And even if you do have a web page that is responsive in allowing you to see it in context of whatever screen you're looking at on it it certainly doesn't show the entire menu so you do a lot of swiping scrolling and so forth the navigation isn't truly built to be an interactive menu and what i mean by that is look at any menu offerings that uh, places like grubhub uber eats and so forth show it shows a very interactive visual link details uh choices and variations between sauces or sizes or add-ons or whatever and that doesn't really come through unless you've built the page correctly on your website and that kind of process of adding a link so qr sync is a platform that allows you to integrate your menu by transposing your menu into its platform allowing you to show what variations are to each item uh, additional costs for any add-ons plus the purchase value of itself plus any visualization that you need to understand what the the 
plate looks like food-wise. And that gives you some of your questions of quantity or displays or sauces and things like that. Um, it also has a very cool feature, which is the ability to actually purchase through it with Stripe and or PayPal, which adds a whole dimension that we'll talk to in just a moment. Which brings us to the other convolute uh, discussion about QR codes, and that is Jot URL. Jot URL is, as we've discussed before, a very robust platform for using um, QR codes in particular, but also for trackabilities, deep links, branded links, remarketing, UTM building, uh, which is parameters of strings of tracking codes that you use for your web links and so forth, link monitoring, uh, it integrates with WhatsApp, which may or may not be an influence to your market, but that's a discussion for another time. Um, it, it creates a lot of functionalities, call to actions, even through the creation of the QR. Now, this is where it proves to be most beneficial. With JotURL as a platform, once you've made a QR code or a, a, a shortened URL, which is what it does best, um, you can change what that shortened URL goes to. Because once it's created, that it allows you to change whatever you want it to do in the back end of the house, so to speak. So even though you may make collateral that has QR codes on it and the shortened link on it, you can change what it happens when you go to that shortened URL or QR code. Other platforms, once you've made the shortened URL, it can only go to what you first told it to do, which creates a problem of now you may have made a great shortener URL that people remember, but now you wanted to do something different than what you first created it for. You wanted to go to a different thing or an updated thing, and it can't do that thing because it only goes to the place you originally told to go to same too with the qr code well jot url url allows you to change what's on the back of the house a lot so that's one of the reasons why i'm bringing it into today's discussion so today's two tools and that in our end of discussion are qrsync.me and joturl.com which brings us to our technique of the week now for this week's hospitality technique so our technique this week is the statement just get it done new old ways to create better efficiencies. Why the technique conversation in relationship to the tools? Well, QR codes have been in a long time standing a perception of a dead technology or an old technology whose time was going to run out. Little did we know we were going to have the pandemic and reinstituted now is the value of these visual ways of connecting to things. QR codes. Uh, they've been criticized over the years. They've been around for decades, um, literally plural decades. Um, and a lot of people consider them to be old technology. Uh, and I've often told the story when traveling to China that everything on TV had a QR code, which I thought remarkable because I'm thinking, well, it's TV. Why would there be a QR code? Well, because there's such a multiplicity of languages and dialects, it is easier for a QR code to be on a screen and scan it and then choose the language that is most comfortable with you than it is to try to put a, a Pandora's box, literally, of variations of languages on a screen in the hopes that one of them are applicable to your interpretation. So QR codes were a great facility for that commonality of diversity. Um, with that in mind, with the pandemic, not wanting to touch things meant how do we get that information in your hand? How do I hand you a menu now when I don't want to hand you anything and you don't want to retake anything from it because of what not knowing is of the concerns for transmissions of things and so forth? So QR codes were uh, a, a revitalization, a life buoy, as it were, for our technologies of, okay, so if we put a QR code on it, 
we can interact with people. They just scan it with their phone because thank goodness, Apple, Android, and all the platforms in the world now just take your camera function, no extra app necessary, and I can scan a QR code and it's going to go to the place I tell the QR code to make you go to. So from that, one of the first solutions in the restaurant industry in general was to not give you a paper menu, trashable, durable, whatever, but instead here's a QR code on your table that you don't have to touch that just scan your phone and here lo and behold is your menu. So when your server comes up or other method of payment that you're ordering that you want uh, from the QR code, you can look at the menu and make the selections there. Well, that comes to the tools. QR Sync allows you to do that in a more interactive, mobile-centric way. It also allows you to order from your table should you want to add that into the platform of saying, okay, we're going to let you know what table number you're at. And from that, you can say table 12 wants iced tea. Two iced teas, three iced teas, four iced teas, four beers, three beers, whatever. Uh, or we're ready to order or we need the waiter to come by. It allows you a means of communication that given the limited bandwidth of resources that we have for staffing right now, it can help amplify the serviceability of a server or team because it abbreviates some of the dialogue necessary to provide the service. If tables could amplify their orders, add to their orders, identify their orders without the perfunctory traditional, hi, I'm your server, what is it I can get to you, writing things down, transferring that into a medium that gets to another medium that gets the order completed, that brings them back to bringing it back to the table. And instead, it can short circuit some of that, that the server or any of the team members know that table 12 needs three iced teas. So if the, the, the one server can't get to that table, then the one support team member can possibly get the iced teas and bring them to the table because that was made clear on this platform. QR Sync does that in a nice way. Uh, one of the other advantages, and this comes out of a discussion of, this, of a news feature where in some hotels, resorts in Las Vegas are looking at not doing room service anymore, but allowing places like Grubhub to do it for them to cover the cost of the flux of demand, cost of demand for doing room service and providing it to a server that can be diluting that into their other operations, comes the idea that we just don't have the amount of the team members that we used to have. As a matter of fact, the estimate is that a third of all previous people working in hospitality prior to COVID are not returning to hospitality. Add that to already the shortage of people that we had prior to COVID, that's a very large impact on our ability as an industry to provide service, which is literally the purpose of our industry. So with that in mind, we have to find ways to cross over, create methodologies that can amplify the ability of the service that we can do for the teams that we do have. This does that. It allows us to take something like a QR code at a table, assign the table to uh, be able to make its own order. And the cool part about QR Sync also allows you to pay for what you're doing via a medium like Paystripe or PayPal. Now, no, it doesn't connect to your POS system. And yes, there are POS systems that will begin to go over and offer this into their, uh, their service profile. So we know that there's other mediums of service and solutions to this. I'm just saying that in this particular case, this is a great stopgap and a potential long-term solution should you not need it to, to integrate into your POS, don't need to create a methodology payment into it, and from that, 
you have a resource of uh, providing service for a limited amount of team members that are, can provide that same level of service. Um, the other cool part is, you know, from a room service perspective or from a pickup and deli- uh, delivery perspective, you can have all these things set up. So maybe as I'm driving by your restaurant, by your hotel, and I know you have great burgers or you have great bar food or you have great salads or whatever it is your restaurant is well known for, I can actually order it through the app, pay for it through the app, pull in, walk in, and pick up my order carry out without having to go through the delayed process of engagement, method of payment, payment, you know, what have you, and then go out. I literally can go in, identify who I am, and pick up the order that I've already paid for. And then, of course, you resolve that from an accounting side as to pay me towards it. Also, if I have a hotel that doesn't normally offer room service, but I do have a restaurant in my property or I'm connected to a restaurant in a property, I can have people order from the room, pay for it separately, and either come down and pick it up or if I want to provide the service and bring it to the room, I can do that as well. But it also means from a hotel's perspective, even if you don't have a restaurant attached to you, think of this. You can go to local restaurants that may want to use this platform, build it in such a way, and then offer it to your people in the hotel so you don't have to go through all the process of, well, how do we get that paid and how do we pay them? How do we charge it to the the PMS system, not the PMS system? This handles it by saying, well, just let the platform allow you to pay through it for it, and that way it's not a problem. And... There's less headaches of the accounting process. But now, all of a sudden, the hotel who does not have its own food and beverage services can offer a variety of food and beverage services from a variety of restaurants. Now, you say, well, how does that change differently from Grubhub or anybody else? You're right. It offers similarities without the cost, though. Because, as we all know from those service providers, there is a large chunk of percentage that goes added into that the restaurants have to eat to have the 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 ability for those places to facilitate the delivery of their food. Now, if you can create some relationship where the hotel can either pick it up and or have it delivered to them and they run it up, or whether or not it's as simple as just saying you can order it and go pick it up yourself as a guest. But the guest knows that they're not having to pay the extra money to do that. That makes it a worthwhile comparison to something like Grubhub. And where does Jot URL come in all this? Well, again, QR codes are useful for a variety of things. One of the things that these things can do is if you even have just a changing frame image display at your front desk while you're going through the check-in process, in your explanations of being able to book a reservation at your spa or your restaurant or whatever amenities you may have or just simply additional information about local or whatever, throw a QR code up on there on the screen so that if people go, oh, wow, local restaurant listing, scan here. They just put their phone out, turn their camera on, scan it. It goes to the web link that they're looking for. Lo and behold, they can go back and look at it later. Not that you shouldn't already have it in the room in some capacity. This is just another touch point for them to be able to exercise. So with that, that is our technique of the week. Just get it done. The new old ways to create better efficiencies. Now, this week's hospitality news that you should know. So news and show review. A uh, wonderful surprise on two fronts. We had the privilege of having Mr. Tim Peter with Tim Peter and Associates jump in on the show. He has been most busy with a lot of stuff in his clients and what have you. It was a pleasure to have him pop in. Uh, also, too, was Mr. Edward St. Ange with Flip2. Again, very busy man. Uh, we used to have the, the pleasure of their company on a regular basis, but as their businesses have grown, so too is their demands outside of the show. So it was a pleasure to have them both back. And, of course, we had the lovely Miss Adele Gutman with AdeleGutman.com. So we had a really fun dialogue. A lot of... 
takeaways, <laughs> best for lack of a better word. Uh, a lot of single statement stuff to make you think. Uh, uh, as we're going back and forth in stories, uh, Tim brought up a really great statement uh, that was in reference to something I made as a story about uh, triaging and commitment and uh, defining the differences between your real circumstances and your perceived circumstances. And he called it the ODA loop, O-O-D-A. And that is observe, orient, decide, and act. Um, and this was a military strategy. You can look it up in Wikipedia. The link is in the show notes uh, that you can go see. Um, it was a fun discussion as to the triage of what's important versus the clutter of what you think is important and to observe what needs to get handled in prioritization to what may not need to get handled as much. We're talking about the fact, of course, of limitations of resources, limitations of team members, the increased demand of expectations of travelers at this point. Uh, We've talked about uh, surveys that point out the fact that there is a heightened expectation on travel as people begin to emerge into the travel demands. And unfortunately, with our limitations of teams and resources, when we exacerbate that by the high rates that we are now charging for things, the expectation even is escalated, fuel on a fire. So people are coming into our doorstep expecting because of what they're paying and because of their delay in traveling for so long, high levels of, man, have I been waiting for this? Or boy, am I looking forward to this? And we don't hit the mark. And that what that's creating is a huge rubber band effect, a flashback as to the negativity of people recounting their experiences and their lack of service that they're getting and the lack of availability. Restaurants that just don't have the seating capacity. Um, hotels that don't have the, the ability to service. And the blowback from people being very frustrated with that. Um, some statements that have been made by, by Tim Peter indirectly was, a problem well-defined is half-solved, which I thought was a brilliant statement. Um, uh, it was discussed that business is not a chess match, which is often equated to, because in, as, as Mr. Ed uh, St. Ange pointed out, in chess, you know all the movement of all the pieces, so you're aware of all the situations you have to assess, that he says instead it's more like a poker match. Where poker is, you don't know what the person has in their hand. You can only rely on the data that you personally see. And for that reason, you are making uh, limited decisions based, or decisions based on limited knowledge. You only can look at what's in your hand and not know what in, are in other hands. You can interpret potentially through tells and facial expressions and whether it's a multi-shuffle deck or not, as, as Ed pointed out. But in all honesty, you're are best guessing what you think are the influences outside of your own current knowledge. So they said business is more like a poker hand or a poker game than it is like a chess match, which I thought was very profound and insight as well. And the other is... Um, we talked a little bit about what we think the fourth quarter this year will be like. Is it going to be a second wave of people that uh, don't go over and travel now because of expenses and or what they're hearing from other people's experiences? Um, or is it going to be a continued surgence? Or is there a, a pushback to these uh, variants that are coming into the news more and more as we see more and more people idiotically, uh, stupidly not taking vaccinations? Yes, I'm biased on that. Um you know, and then creating the possibility that variants can spread to those that have taken uh, vaccinations because they don't get covered as well because the variants are now a little bit more toxic than they were before. Um, So we talked a little bit about how we saw fourth quarter. Um, 
Some other great statements made from Tim and Ed. Uh, Tim made a great statement. All models are wrong. Some are useful. Uh, I know that's borrowed from some other statement, but Tim brought that in our dialogue, which was a lot of fun to talk about that in that sense. And then Ed, when we're talking about rates and the heightened rates and the and just the lack of rate resistance, not that people don't that, that not that people want to spend more. It's just they can't choose not to spend more because that's the only way they're going to get a room. Okay, that's the rate resistance model. Uh, he made a great statement, don't get over your skis on rate, which is very true because a lot of hotels, seeing that they have the ability to keep raising rates well past their serviceability, they're getting ahead of their skis and they're getting a huge amount of negative blowback for the, I paid that much for this room and got this little in return. So great conversation at that end. Um, it all leads to the conversation we had about review levels and the expectations versus delivery, the negative blowback, the, the self-inflicted harm that we're doing to our industry because we're doing that. Um, we talked a little bit about some of the topics that came up out of the morning clubhouse, as I mentioned before in a very confusing way at the beginning of this podcast. We do, courtesy of Edward St. Ange, hosting at 8 a.m. Monday through Friday on Clubhouse, the app, an open discussion about hospitality marketing. I run the noon 12 to 1, Monday through Thursday because of the live show we do on Friday. So that's how that spectrum's out for all of those. Uh, and then we also talked again about the need to assess how our team handles the anger that is a part of our daily routine for people because of this gap that we are between expectation and reality of service. So we had a lot of conversations about that as well. So that is our show review. Our news item that I want to bring up was an interesting article called Hotels Will Never Be the Same from Vox.com. Um, I was fascinated by this article because it really talked a, l a lot about how all of us in the industry, different companies included in particular, are attacking the new norms or the new potential norms of how our industry handles business demand. And from that, you know, things like where we talk about, well, okay, the death throes of a buffet, you know, uh, the death kneel, as it's referred to in the article. And this was because nobody wants to handle multiplicities of utensils and the possibility of spreads of things that we don't know about yet or the concern of spreading things we don't know about yet. Um, we've, as from an operations point of known, has that buffets have both a good and a bad side to this. The good side is, is the ease of distribution and the overhead cost associated with its implementation. The negative is the overhead cost of its implementation and the lack of service that it's attached to and the commonality of it. Uh, it is easier to have one person constantly filling the trough, so to speak, on a buffet uh, from the back of the house than it is to have five servers serving a la carte at tables. Uh, that being said, buffets by nature are less positive in the sense of diversity, but highly positive in the sense of continuity. Morning time, easy. Come down, shovel a bunch of you know powdered eggs on a plate, you know uh, generic pre-frozen muffins in a toaster, and even though you try to spruce it up a little bit, it's pretty much you know no matter where you go, that's what you get kind of thing. Obviously, the upper end places with continental breakfasts and a la carte and so forth, and some places that feature their buffets and station service, you know omelet stations or what have you, always can mix that up. 
But at the end of the day, that's a change. So how is it being approached? Well, Marriott's doing uh, this really interesting thing where they're doing vending kiosks where everything is prepackaged and you walk up and basically scan your 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 phone and or you know your Bonvoy relationship obviously uh, and or your card and you know sliding it in like you do in a credit card transaction to purchase these prepackaged things. But again, prepackaged things. It is providing a commodity, not a service. Uh, that's one way of doing it. The others are is that they're just not doing the food and beverages the way they used to. Uh, they're rescaling the common space in a different way, or they're subleasing it to a third party that's willing to aggregate that in with other methodologies, like the Grubhub discussion we had with Las Vegas. So there's lots of fun things with it. They're talking about changing uh, in-room dining and whether how that is to be done. Their engagements on being able to create localization of resources like other restaurants and or things that can provide service to the property. So it was a really fun article talking about how these things are changing. Kiosk stations that we used to always feel false started on, that they were useful in convention services because of just sheer wave of demand at the time, that there was too many people, no matter how many people behind you put it behind a desk. Uh, you can't service all the people that show up for a conference or a convention. So kiosks were a great stress press release point for that to take off some of the traffic of functionality of identify, clarify, and get your engagement to go into your room. You don't need to talk to somebody. You just need the function of getting access to your room. Kiosks are that way while amplifying the model with the kiosk so that there's more service engagement to it. That's something that they're looking at as well. So uh, obviously looking at ways that people are traveling differently with leisure travel and so forth, adding on to leisure travel to their business travel as people begin to business travel again. Um, so it was a fun article. Uh, obviously, the links and for this article are in our show notes, as always. Uh, remember, you can find us on Google Play, Apple iTunes, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, Pandora, TuneIn Podcast. The list goes on. 39 platforms and counting. We're even on Amazon's Alexa, Google Assistant, and Siri. Just ask to play the Hospitality Marketing Podcast on any of those platforms, and they will be happy to do so. And no matter which one you may use, if you like the show, please rate us and leave a comment. That helps get us feedback as to what it is that we're talking about is relevant to you and or if you have any suggestions plus it also helps everybody find us if that may not know about what we're doing for the podcast and the live shows as well uh also of course if this is your first time hearing us you can subscribe to the platform you found us on any of those 39 plus more obviously um also, for an archive of all of our previous podcasts, you can go to hospitalitydigitalmarketing.com forward slash podcasts. You can also um, go to our live video talk show at hospitalitydigitalmarketing.com forward slash live, which is transitioning into hospitalitychannel.tv. So for right now, they're on lo both locations. Hospitalitydigitalmarketing.com forward slash live will have the transcripts. Multiplicity of languages will be on both. We transcribe the live show into 11 languages. We're in 39 countries. Over 25,000 people a week watch and listen to us, which is a pleasure. Thank you so much for that. Uh, but we also have a 24-7, the only 24-7 hospitality TV channel. And that's at hospitalitychannel.tv. We also can be found on Roku, Google TV, uh, Amazon Prime, and on Apple TV. 
which is look for the hospitality channel. That is a subscription service, much like Netflix. You pay four ninety nine a month or discounted prices thereafter. The longer you set up your your subscription, there is a free form. We will always play the live show on the free side of that channel. So even if you don't purchase to be a member of it or subscribe to it, you'll always be able to watch the live show on Fridays. But there's a whole mess of content coming on the backside for four ninety a month that is well worth it. It's the only twenty four seven, as I mentioned, hospitality TV channel in existence dedicated to our industry. So with that, my name is Lauren Gray. Thank you for the privilege of your time and look forward to talking to you next week. You have been listening to This Week in Hospitality Marketing, the podcast show 309 brought to you by Hospitality Digital Marketing and in support of the HSMAI, Hospitality Sales and Marketing Association International, all right reserved copyright 2021.